Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. This week's episode is with Anna Brightman, the co-founder of UpCircle, which is a skincare brand that uses upcycled ingredients to deliver high quality skincare. I first came across them a few years ago and became completely obsessed with their coffee scrub. I'm quite open when it comes to natural versus synthetic skincare products, but found the whole concept of using upcycled ingredients completely fascinating. I loved the results. This is a really interesting chat with Anna. Of course, she shares the story of building the brand and sourcing the ingredients, but we have a really good chat about how they keep the brand so real and so human and why they share more than just the success stories, which is actually one of the reasons I asked Anna to come on the podcast. I try to have a bit of a different approach when it comes to interviewing brand founders. I'm a firm believer of brands being born from people, so we dug deep into Anna's story and background of where her love of beauty came from. And interestingly, something I didn't expect to come from the conversation was her passion for makeup, which came with loads of insecurities. If you haven't tried UpCircle's products, I highly, highly recommend giving them a go. I was initially quite sceptical, especially about coffee as a skincare ingredient, but was pleasantly surprised and have continued to use their products for the last few years. Listen right until the end because Anna gives us some great, great skincare tips and I ask the simple skincare questions that were sometimes a little bit too shy to ask. Here's her version of beauty. So, hi and welcome to Scenes of Beauty. I'm really excited to have... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You here um, with us today is Anna, who is the co-founder of UpCircle. Um, I'll let you introduce the brand because, um, yeah, I'll let you go for it. Happily. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm excited oh, well to be here done. too. Um, UpCircle's been in existence now for just over six years, although it feels like a lot longer. Uh, our core concept, which is different to anyone else, as the name implies, is that we are focused 
wholeheartedly on promoting the circular economy in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And we do that with our innovative approach to sourcing upcycled ingredients that we intercept from different industries, stop those ingredients from being wasted by turning them into high performance skincare ingredients instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't just stop there. Of course, we have those in every single formulation, yeah. but we also take a circular approach to our packaging. So 100% of our range, except for the soap bars for obvious yeah. reasons, because as you use a, so- a soap, it disintegrates. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of our range is is, uh, applicable for our packaging refill scheme um, where once you're finished with your products you can send them back to us we sterilize and refill them so you keep your same packaging in use over and over again so yeah. circularity basically in short is uh, what we're all about yeah so the brand started 2015 2016 uh yeah early 2016 yeah um so in terms of let's talk about sustainability in a little minute but in terms of skincare mm. um how did you come to the conclusion of using, let's call it waste product in, mm-hmm. in layman's terms, and building that into skincare? Because I've used your products. The coffee scrub is my favorite. I loved uh, it. Yes. But the first time I used it, I was like, this is really strange. I'm putting coffee beads on yeah. my face. <laughs> and But I love it. And when I wiped it off, I was like, wow, I love mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But it's once you start using it, it's great. Mm-hmm. But to get your head around the concept... He's like, what the hell am I putting right? on my face? Yeah. Um, and it, it smells like coffee. It feels like, you know, it is coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us how you came about that concept. To be honest, it's it's a very apt thing that you've brought up because it's difficult what we're doing. And I think that's kind of intentional because yeah. if we can do this in the beauty industry, then hopefully our impact doesn't just stop with the products that we make. Yeah. We hope to inspire other industries, which would have a you know, a a smaller kind of polarizing issue there of tackling waste in the beauty industry and literally convincing people that they should put these ingredients on their face and that that will have a benefit to them. If we can do that in this industry, then other industries have no excuse. Um, So admittedly, when it started and it did start with the coffee, uh, we kind of had our problem before we had our solution. So the more we researched into used coffee grounds and the amount that we're producing, the ways in which it's disposed, and then also from my personal background, knowing that it, has fantastic skincare benefits it seemed just like a no-brainer you know there are loads of coffee scrubs on the market we are not claiming to be the first but we are the first that's made entirely from upcycled coffee grounds and again when you find out things like that the fact of uh, the level of antioxidants increase as the coffee is brewed again it's like okay well this is getting better and better for us um and then that's where it started and we can then diversify, which we have done massively into other ingredients that are being wasted, but ingredients that have great skincare benefits. So don't get me wrong, it was was tough in the early years, particularly when we were like trying to get investment and trying to honestly convince, you know, 60, 70 year old men uh, to put their money behind (laughs) this very innovative forward thinking approach in skincare was tough. And they said, nah, do you know what? No chance. Um, But we're careful about how we do it. We're careful about the language we use. And ultimately the success we've had is testament to the fact that it can be done. So yay. Yeah, no, and it's, it's brilliant. And you, it's really interesting how you are diversifying the range because there's um, lemongrass and apricot, kiwi, yeah. and it's great. And they're they're a really interesting bunch of products, especially mm. when I've played with them. They're mm. really they're really nice and they feel great on the skin as well. Um, with that, actually, let me ask first: what are the key kind of benefits for using coffee, like to our skin? 
So uh, coffee is, a, is an interesting one. We use it in two different forms. So, for example, our eye cream, obviously, you're not going to want a physical yeah. uh, texture for that, right? Yeah. So we use the extract from the coffee grounds for that. Okay. Um, so caffeinated skincare is one of the most widely searched things yeah. um, in the kind of skincare niche. Yeah. Um, so as mentioned, in the scrubs, you've got the physical texture. So that will help to physically, as a physical exfoliant, buff away dead or dry skin. Mm-hmm. Um, the pH is matched with your skin and then it's really high in antioxidants. So antioxidants fight free radicals, which are what causes first signs of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you kind of revert back to six, seven, eight years ago when we were starting to think about this, we weren't that long after the microbead scandal and the fact that we were all waking up to the horrible realisation that toothpaste and scrubs, etc., were actually made with tiny little plastic balls. And then when you look into the alternatives to that, you've got things like uh, rice scrubs or sugar scrubs, salt yeah. scrubs. Some of the textures of those are harsher. Um, and also they don't, I mean, salt would be different, but some of the other ones don't actually have any additional skincare benefits. So coffee is a great one in that you get the physical texture, which helps you to physically remove uh, the surface layer of dead skin, Mm -hmm. but then you get the other added benefits. And then in the oil form, to be honest, it's similar. Um, but the reason we use it in things like our eye cream and our face serum is for the brightening effect. So it really just alleviates dull looking skin um makes your skin look like you know you've had a couple of extra hours in bed and and gives you that really kind of dewy uh glowy look that people are looking for yeah it's yeah it's really lovely in terms of i think there's a bit of a misconception in the industry of when you're using quote-unquote natural ingredients Mm -hmm. to kind of these bigger brands who are constantly kind of putting big names in front of us Mm. or names that we haven't heard of or don't understand and and also price it's kind of a same similar mindset so affordable to some people doesn't mean good expensive Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. that kind of concept and I think that's applicable when you're talking natural ingredients and synthetic Mm -hmm. um where do you stand with kind of natural ingredients versus synthetic it's a funny one I do think that we often say that there's no right answer mm-hmm. with anything it could be whether you go down the synthetic ingredients or natural ingredients uh, the kind of packaging choices that you make there's pros and cons with everything right sure. uh, and price point is another very interesting topic it's so frustrating that we work because I was only 22 when I started the brand and yeah. I vowed that I wouldn't make products that I wouldn't have bought at that age. And I find it frustrating if you, again, speak to a younger audience. And me, myself, was exactly one of those people as well, where you want to buy products that are in line with your ethics, but you can't afford them. So, like, what are you going to do? You still want a face wash, but you're not willing to spend £15 on it. So um, you're kind of forced into that. So keeping our price point very low is important to us. However, it's frustrating when you get people who immediately assume that we must be packing our products with synthetics and and all of these all you know have crappier packaging or whatever else it might be so again that's tough and you just have to choose your audience there will be people who aren't even willing to pick up your packet they already have been put off by the fact that it's under 10 pounds yeah um and then you've got the other audience who are entirely the opposite of that so you know there's no win there and then with regards to ingredients um, I think, you know, we focus on natural, uh, our products are a minimum of 99% natural, uh, and we focus on organic as well. So, mm-hmm. um, always choosing the highest quality natural ingredients that we possibly can. And with regards to the efficacy of that, what I would say to someone who doesn't believe in natural 
is that the proof is in the before and after pictures. The yeah. proof is in the reviews. Uh, they fly in every single day. And that's one of my favorite things about my job is, you know, seeing the impacts that my products can have on people's confidence or, yeah. um, and, and all the rest of it. So they do work. Um, that's not to say that synthetics are always the worst. Yeah. Sometimes the harvesting of organic ingredients can actually be a strain mm-hmm. uh, or forcing ingredients to grow in habitats where they're not natural that's not good either yeah. so it's not a clean answer um but i think there's lots of evidence that natural products do work yeah yeah um you mentioned there about seeing um you know a growth in confidence from people using your yeah. products which you know i get really nerdy about this stuff because this is kind of why i started the podcast yeah. because i think there's such a correlation between beauty I hate the phrase mental health, but beauty and mindset. And I think um, the two go in sync so importantly um, for various different reasons. I think brands have a big part to play in it. Mm -hmm. I think Turner Voice has a big part to play Mm -hmm. in it. I think what we see and what we consume and how uh, has a big part to play in it along with our surroundings. But as a brand, how, how importantly do you take kind of brand personality um and kind of content and imagery that you're putting out there because you know your social feeds are are great and they're really diverse and Mm -hmm. there's a they feel quite a happy place so Mm -hmm. how kind of how do you yeah how seriously do you take that and then how do you execute it in a in a way that feels real and and natural for you well firstly it's so great to hear that they feel like a happy place because that's exactly what we're going for. Yeah. Um, from just the like the environmental side, you know, not bombarding people with doom and gloom headlines all the time. I see so yeah. many eco brands doing that. Like you yeah. don't want to go and buy a brand or look at a brand's profile and it just be, oh my God, the world's going to end. Look yeah. at all these forest fires. Look at the, all this plastic in the ocean. It doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Um, so we focus on po- positive change with regards to that. But then also, I think there's a massive responsibility for any brand in the beauty industry to try to undo the damage that's been done by those brands before us. Uh, And again, it goes back to me being pretty young when I started this um, and just being, to be honest, totally fed up with it. Even the things that are arguably slightly less damaging, like... I don't know, the, the big mascara brands advertising on TV and then you look at the tiny print and it says filmed sure. with lash inserts yeah. and post-production. I thought, well, you're advertising a mascara. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've never used a professional model. Uh, we use our customers. Uh, yeah. The first model we had was my brother's wife and then we brought in one of my best mates. Yeah. Um, we don't shy away from skin texture. We avoid language like good skin, bad skin because there's yeah. no such thing. It's just yeah. skin. Um, we... Don't use words like anti-aging because that is physically impossible. We yeah. are all aging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we, we're careful around saying things like minimize the signs of or, um, you know, because language is just import, as important as the visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just really relentlessly using the actual customers of our brand to represent our brand. Um, getting the team behind the scenes involved with, you know, showing the behind the scenes as well you know it's it's important that we are as transparent as possible and that we represent the reality of the people who are buying our products so um in conclusion i'd say yes it's of paramount importance that we represent ourselves in that way yeah and i think there's no kind of there's no kind of bigger review or reward than than customers who are loving your products Mm. you know speaking about them um i think it is i think it's really important so we talked about kind of coffee um, and you've just launched an SPF, which is really exciting. I was just playing with the texture. It feels great. Um, what are some of your 
favorite products from there from the range oh such a good question my answer does change depending on the time of year and the specific things that are going on with my skin so for example in the winter I cycle everywhere um and the wind can be so harsh so I'm big on you know our night cream it's got a thicker texture it's unscented um so incredibly nourishing and designed around restoring your skin technically while you sleep however mm-hmm. when you're battling harsh uk weather conditions um i'm just slathering that on all the time yeah. the eye cream again perhaps because we can refill these as much as we want yeah um i do take the mick with how much of this i use <laughs> I all over I'm, my a, I'm a big lover of an eye cream <laughs> supposed to just dab a small yeah. amount on and i'm just whoa i like reapply mine throughout the day yes, honestly like too. every two hours i'm like come on just before <laughs> we started this in fact i have one in the office i'll let more eye cream love 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 our eye cream um in the summer again like in our office right now we've got one of our toners in the fridge that we keep cool um so we're always just spritzing our faces constantly and then uh, I'm very proud of the SPF that we've just launched because it's one of the hardest products that we've ever made. But the one I always go back to as my favorite is our cleansing balm. Um, I don't wear makeup every day by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. often on the weekends, but, and I love, love, love makeup and I love wearing it. Yeah. Um, but our cleansing balm makes the removal process of that equally as enjoyable as I find actually putting on makeup. Yeah, I love that. Um, it just melts it off the skin. It smells amazing. It looks beautiful. It's like the sun. It's kind of this orangey yellow hue. Um, And I just absolutely love it. And and whenever I get a a friend onto it who, you know, sustainability is not their focus, they might still be on face wipes or... um, even just like coconut oil love it as a makeup remover don't get me wrong but there is something that is more luxurious and more of an experience about using something like our cleansing balm so um that's probably the one that always stays my consistent favorite yeah a nighttime routine is great isn't Mm -hmm. it i totally resonate with we've both got these huge grins on our faces (laughs) we just it's just a really nice thing you look mad because you, yeah. you start with you know your face as normal and then it just you just turn into this giant panda looking thing but um my boyfriend comes in and is like jesus here we go again um but i love it i just it's just the most wonderful experience taking it off at the end of the day it is nice you mentioned two things there um night cream i'm just mm. gonna ask for me and for people listening what is the why is a night cream thicker than a day cream Again, there's many answers to that. Generally, that is the preference because during the day, you don't want something that feels heavy on the skin. Um, We also try to develop our products so that they are suitable for whether you're layering your skincare, whether that's just the one product that you're using before SPF, whether you're putting makeup on top of it, etc. Whereas in a night cream, most people are looking for something that gives more of a treatment. So the way I would kind of summarize it is it's the difference between a day cream might be like a standard hair conditioner, whereas a night cream is like your hair mask, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a more intense treatment um, that will soak into your skin uninterrupted over a longer period of time and kind of work its magic uh, a bit more thoroughly perhaps than a day cream, which might be designed to be more lightweight, um, kind of more everyday use. So it, it depends on the product. That's kind of the approach that we took with ours. And again, having no essential oils and things like that in there was intentional because you don't want it overpowering your senses. You just want something that's working hard, um, but that's not in any way overpowering. But yeah, it depends on the product. But the hair conditioner versus hair mask yeah. one, I think, is a good way of summing it up. Yeah, that made me understand it really well. <laughs> and then products is a big thing at the minute about putting products in the fridge. Yeah. What is the benefit of a kind of a lower temperature product than a room temperature product? 
To be honest, again, it depends entirely on the product. Right, yeah. um, so in some cases, it's arguable what that benefit is beyond just it feeling nice mm-hmm. in uh, hotter weather. But then with some, it can increase the kind of, te- like not tension, but how taut your skin feels. Mm-hmm. So in some eye creams, for example, like ours contains cucumber extract, which again, you kind of associate with going to a spa and having that cold cucumber on your face as you have a facial. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is to do with replenishing the water, maintaining that water in your skin, and then also making the skin feel um, slightly more kind of plump, but taut also, yeah. uh, which depending on the product can be an added benefit. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. That's that's really because we do these things. We never actually question ask the question. Why? Like, yeah. why are we doing this? So I just thought I'd ask. Um, you mentioned kind of cucumber extract there. How do you come up with all of these wonderful and weird ideas? I guess they're not weird, but um, some of them really are weird. I also really want to know where you get it from. Where mm. do you get? Where does one get cucumber extract from? It, it all depends. So every ingredient that we have is they're sourced from all over the world. To be honest, and again. There are brands out there that focus on just ingredients that are grown in the UK. Mm-hmm. Cool, each of their own. Um, but that limits you massively. And also there are sometimes situations where, as I mentioned earlier, you'll be forcing ingredients to grow in habitats that they wouldn't normally. Yeah. So we are lucky in that because of our ingredient sourcing being quite unique and the utilization of byproducts, we have people landing in our inboxes every single day these days yeah. saying, Hey, look, I own um, an oak farm or whatever, and I've got this byproduct. Or uh, in the case of our soaps, for example, I make chai syrups that I sell to restaurants, but I've got all the beautiful chai spices left over. Do you yeah. think you can use that? And then we've got this simultaneous process going on where we've got the products that we want to make and the effects that we want those to have and the price point we want to sell them at. And then we've got the ingredients that we want to upcycle and it's like a matchmaking process. So um, during COVID, I had a gin distillery saying, oh, I've got a byproduct and I'm thinking hand sanitizer, um, (laughs) et cetera. So it's kind of matching the product that you want to make with the benefit of the different byproducts and then kind of meeting in the middle. But it's, it's, it's different with every product and every ingredient. And it sounds like really fun. It is. It It really is. Get your hands sticking and do it. Um, So we've talked loads about product, but let's kind of flip over to the brand and kind of upcircle as a brand and Mm. how that kind of grew. Because I I guess the product came first. So how did that then transform into a brand? Well, I definitely think as a founder... um, now being you know more than five years into this where I've grown a team and I've grown a bit of a platform this is something that you have to figure out along the way Mm -hmm. and it gets scarier and scarier because the stakes become higher and higher and the amount that you're kind of held to account um also increases so they do not they do not and because we do operate in so many different areas you know there's the uh, kind of like derm approved or like makeup artists using our products etc or like the very brand led side of things where you've got uh, the kind of social media audience just shopping based on how nice the products look and then you've got the eco side of things so the upcircle customer is varied um, but the one thing that they certainly are is incredibly uh, passionate and they keep us at the best of our game I have to say because as you said nothing gets past them yeah. um, and we've also kind of design that ourselves because I think it's really important to involve particularly your early adopter audience in your decision making and to keep them 
involved. Yeah. So our customers very much feel like a part of our journey and our decision-making process, which they absolutely are. Yeah. We fuel out lab samples of our products to some of our best customers uh, in order to get their feedback before we then go on to make a product. Or if we're looking at three different products that we want to make, um, we'll say, okay, which one do you think we should be doing, etc. So we've kind of designed that ourselves into the brand that we've created. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, brand personality is important. I think we have always been unapologetically ourselves. We are not. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sort of perfectly manicured. (laughs) And that comes back to you saying about the the social media being sort of a a happy place, but not one that's entirely slick. Um, Because to be honest, behind the scenes, we're not. And I think that's really important that we don't present ourselves as a brand that's had like the easiest journey and oh my god it's all success we show all of the fails as well um in everything that we do whether that's our email newsletter database that we send out multiple times a week or the social media posts or or anything we talk about the endless times where it goes wrong as well because not only do you have a responsibility to you know women girls people buying our products to say you know not all of us here have got perfect skin um but also I, as as the kind of startup founder, feel a responsibility to young, ambitious entrepreneurs to show them that like, yeah, okay, you can look at UpCircle and think that we've had it easy or that it is really easy, but my God, it's not. Yeah. Um, so for that transparency piece, uh, I take, I, I think it's very important to to show all of the bumps in the road as well. Yeah, me too. And I think we're definitely... People are, I don't know if it's because of the amount of media that we're consuming, but people are so switched on to what's real and what's not now. And so these, you know, the image of of beauty 10 years ago that you spoke about is, was perfected Mm -hmm. and, you know, people bought it. Mm. um, And and now we're, we're kind of coming out of a space, thankfully, where people appreciate honesty mm-hmm. um and also i've kind of heard you talk about um in kind of recent podcast episodes um about kind of not being a jack of all trades and you know marketing wasn't a yeah profession before up circle um and i think that's really great as a you know mm-hmm. as a as a listener and a listening to an entrepreneur speak about it mm-hmm. because i think again there's so much pressure on us to be everything yeah um and it's really difficult like no no one can be right and I do get frustrated when 
I relentlessly am asked, even at this stage, I mean, I kind of understand it in the first year or two, people saying, oh, what did you do before this? What I, okay. Yeah. Well, firstly, I was 22. Secondly, yeah. I don't, I don't, no one starts a business or a brand knowing everything. And the most yeah. important thing is to be honest about what you do and don't know. If you don't know, it's like they teach you this in school, do they not? Yeah, yeah. If you don't know the answer to a question, you should just ask. Yeah. And when it comes to business, whatever your strengths are not, you hire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. sure, I wasn't, you know, strictly a derm or yeah. a doctor or whatever um I worked in retail uh in a big way you know um I, I managed multiple stores so I've got experience there um I would describe myself as naturally creative and my brother who's the co-founder definitely comes from the economic finance background yeah. so I think you know when you're when you think you've got a great idea or whatever you what my advice always is is just to go for it yeah. um because you can find a million reasons not to do something and i think it's a real shame um for people's confidence to be knocked by thinking oh well i don't know about this and i don't know about this and i don't know no one does yeah. um you learn and you have to commit to continuing to research everything out there um but ultimately you hire into those roles and um, no one should be put off doing something because they don't feel like they're an expert in that area. If you've got a great product and you're full of ideas and passion, then that's all you need. Yeah, I think um, fear and judgment and, and cancel culture is a big thing at the minute. Mm-hmm. And it's not funny. Cancel cool. culture. Ah. Do one. Yeah, it really does. Um, because I do, I do believe that, you know, you can anyone can achieve anything they set their mind to. Yeah, and asking questions. I write a lot on LinkedIn at the moment, but... I, I write a lot about asking questions, mm. you know, doing this. I had no clue. I just dropped someone a message who was had a podcast and, and you know, you mm-hmm. get you get mm-hmm. quite far asking questions. So I completely agree with you. Um, in terms of skincare and your interest in skincare, yeah. were you, I mean, was it, a, was it an interest before the brand? I'm guessing, you know. You have, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it goes back to me talking about how much I love putting makeup on. My yeah. original kind of dream job was to be a makeup artist. Um, if I'm completely honest, I don't think I ever fully entertained that as a career because yeah. I didn't, A, I didn't think I'd be good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was someone who, I, you know, I've got a big brother and a little sister, but yeah. um, I just used to watch hours and hours of YouTube videos. Um, and I did get good at it, don't get me wrong, but I didn't appreciate the many different forms that being a makeup artist could take. So it was more something that I was really passionate about on the side. And then when it came to like my schooling and education and stuff, I've always seen myself as very much the creative, but then been too scared, honestly, to think about myself being successful as a pure creative. Mm -hmm. So for example, when it came to uni, I should have done fine art, but I did history of art because it was more academic. So that kind of sums me up. Um, However, I've always had that sideline passion for makeup and skincare, which go hand in hand. Um, so having then spent a few years after uni doing different jobs, thinking, oh, uh, I was in property, yeah. pretty good at it, but wasn't my passion. Then I went into this retail grad scheme um, where, again, I think I was doing well. But I think when you're in your early 20s, and you're arguably on a good career path that's moving quickly, you also have those moments of like, okay, well, this is going well, but is this what I want to do forever? And for me, I knew deep down that the answer was no. So when we had this idea of bringing my brother's skill set of like, you know, the finance essentially and the nuts and bolts of business in with mine, which was the creative, um, 
I was over the moon. And I thought, do you know what? There's there's no better team, so let's give it a shot. Yeah, good for you. That's <laughs> It's really nice to hear. And I think, again, it is that fear of... I think we're so... Like, it's so ingrained in us to do things by the book. Yeah. That it almost feels like a wrong decision to do something that, that then goes against that. Mm-hmm, it's a really mm-hmm. weird headspace, isn't it? And you don't want to let people down. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're always thinking, oh, well, if this goes wrong, like... Is that embarrassing? Will people yeah. be disappointed? Who will have I have bought into that mistake with me? Um, and again, admittedly, that doesn't get any easier as you go further on yeah, down the journey. Yeah. I mean, we now employ nearly 20 people and I still don't feel any more stable. Um, <laughs> God, this could technically still go wrong at any point. So, you know, there's, there is always that fear. But I yeah. think you just have to find a way to put one foot in front of the other and just continue to be the very best that you can be. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. In terms of makeup, you're happy to talk about like... Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, you you spoke there about makeup. Um, what was it about makeup that, I mean, you kept doing it, so I'm guessing it made you feel good, but what was it? Was it the creative or was it how it made you feel? Talk a bit about that because I find this stuff fascinating. A perfect combination of both, to be honest. Yeah. Like you have those memories that stick in your mind that at the time might have seemed seemingly seemingly insignificant and yet you talk about them 20 years on and one for me was being at my best friend's house and she had an older sister and I think we had like a disco or something honestly I must have been like 10 um and she just put some pencil eye, like a coal eyeliner on me and I had never had any makeup of any description on my face and I just looked in the mirror I just couldn't believe how just that one thing in my mind had like made such a difference I just never had even considered it how and then old from, were you at this kind honestly of I must have been about 10 or 11 like really really <laughs> really really young um and I didn't own any makeup my mum never wears makeup um but it was just a, a memory that's so clear to me. And I was like, wow, it kind of stuck with me. And then a few years later, when I was like 13, 14, and I really started to buy my own products. And as I mentioned, like start looking at YouTube videos and other people were then getting into it as well. Yeah. Um, it's something that I just naturally really enjoyed. There is the creative element of it. And back then, my God, I used to be really experimental. I look back at pictures and thank God this was before like digital cameras and stuff. I'm a bit like, oh, wow. Um, but you know, we're talking like rain, like colors everywhere. And I've always been big on jewelry as well. So I, the way I present myself, I do think is an expression of my personality. Um, and I like to explore that and I like people noticing it or commenting on it or whatever. And of course it's an element of confidence. I think I'm very lucky in that I, my confidence in terms of, you know, like my face or whatever, isn't intrinsically linked with my use of makeup. I'm just as happy without, and I take just as much enjoyment in those days where you've got none on. Um, So I think, you know, it can be a slippery slope whereby you then depend on it because you enjoy it or because of the way it makes you feel. Um, So I think, you know, you've got to be a bit careful, particularly when you're more impressionable as a teenager. Um, But, you know, that whole idea of dressing up, some people's focus is very much on the clothes or the hair. Um, Whereas for me, I just, yeah, I I like to be experimental with makeup. I think it's great fun. Yeah, you you just sparked a thought in me there because... Quite a nostalgic thought, actually, because when you, you know, we didn't have as much choice as Mm. we do now, you know, 10 years ago, um, even beyond that, you know, 20 years ago um, of 
you know, we had Rimmel and we'd go into Boots and you'd yeah. pick up like, or you'd ask your mum for a lipstick when you were in Morrison's. <laughs> like, this is how we bought makeup. Uh-huh. And it's almost, I kind of miss that naivety of going home and just putting, do you remember the blue eyeshadow craze? Like yes. blue eyeshadow and a blue like sparkly liner mm-hmm. and... Um, that dream matte mousse that everyone yes. seemed to have for a while. Yeah. Um, and it was fun and we all had like really orange foundation with yeah. like a line around our jaw and that was like the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was fun and it was uh, quite innocent. Whereas makeup is now quite a serious thing and there's a lot of yeah. pressure. I was actually talking to um, a mindset coach who is a friend and she was saying she feels so insecure without makeup on and then she uses filters and then she gets so like pissed off with herself that she's right. this this version of herself that's not even her anymore mm-hmm. and i think we've taken makeup to such a serious degree when actually it could be something that's really that's just for us you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um i talk a lot about this because i think it is i think it's important and i think the beauty industry has has taken it away from from what it from yeah. what it initially yeah. was intended to be for mm. which is yeah and also the era of like social media makeup artists being such a massive thing yeah. the looks particularly around like halloween yeah. that people can yeah. cre- create are amazing yeah but then what i've seen from my friends anyway and i'm 29 now you know people who've been wearing makeup forever but feeling increasingly insecure about their makeup yeah. ability than they ever have before yeah. and they're like look i you know i only wear mascara and like yeah. I've got one foundation and one blusher. Like, yeah. what the hell? I yeah. didn't realise I needed setting spray and primer and highlight and both blusher and bronzer and all the rest of it. And I'm like, yeah. you don't. You really, yeah. really don't. Yeah. It's just like skincare. And I feel exactly the same way about skincare. Yeah. You can have an effective three, four-step routine or you can have a 25-step routine. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say one's better than the other. Um, everyone can find their happy place with what they want to do. But... I do tend to err uh, on the side of the fact that there's just no need for so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. in skincare anyway, you start seeing these products that focus so heavily on one ingredient and they're powerful dosages. Um, and actually all that does is mean that you then need another thing that needs another thing. And I'm just like, oh, you're, you are playing on that sweet naivety yeah. um, and that innocence of people in order to ultimately make them spend more money, um, yeah. which is a shame. But I mean, yeah, as I say, I, I take uh, Halloween's one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and I am one of those people who will spend <laughs> six hours trying to do something ridiculously dramatic. But I, it's something I've noticed also in my friends. Yeah who have never been insecure about makeup, who now are like, oh my God, should I be doing some big, big thing every day? And I'm like, hell no. Yeah, and it it can have, um, you know, it can put people off. One of my friends is 33 and only started wearing makeup when she was 30 because she was so scared of it and not knowing what to buy or not knowing what to put on. So, you know, primer or foundation, a bronzer is is a great start, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Let's get some skincare tips from you. So this is going to be a really hard question, but best piece of advice for skincare beginners. Let's go there. What I would say for a skincare beginner is to just focus on the absolute essentials and finding a product that works for you with that. Um, I'm kind of a like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of person. Um, So if you're someone where using a bar soap as your cleanser every day really works for you and simply, you know, splashing water on your face, lathering it up in your hands. I mean, obviously ours is appropriate for face and body. You need to make sure you're looking for products that aren't too stripping, etc. But if that works for you, 
fantastic. Continue on. Um, Try to avoid ingredients like palm oil or whatever. But generally, if that works, fantastic. Uh, Or you could go down the double cleansing route, in which case you want to find a really good balm cleanser and then a really good water-based cleanser. Um, But you just want to get those core essentials right. So good cleanser, good moisturizer, and then a good SPF. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really can't underestimate the importance of SPF, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, going back to ours being so important uh, to get it right, if whatever right is, um, because it's a product that you have to use every day and you have yeah. to use a lot of it. Yeah. So you want to make sure it's a product that sits really well on your skin and is giving you the protection that you need. Um, but there's no, again, there's no right answer because everyone's different, but I think you want to find a way that your skincare can be enjoyable so that it's not a chore so that you're not going to bed at the end of the day thinking, oh my God, okay, well now I've got to brush my teeth with, you know, manual electric, three different flosses and (laughs) interdental brushes and all these other things that we're told to do in every other part of your evening routine to then have to do a a 12 step skincare routine is probably not going to be for you. So focus on the essentials and focus on products that you enjoy using and then you'll be more likely to use them. Yeah. Does our skin get, um, placebo? Does, does our skin if you you said there about kind of if it if it isn't broke don't fix it um that's right isn't it if it isn't broke don't yeah. fix it um does our skin have a uh, have a placebo effect what i mean by that is if we use products for too long do they stop working essentially or not no um what i would say is that your skin is is quite self regulating so it's like, uh, I often say that boys have the, well, this is, a, of course, a massive generalization. So forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2022, just be careful. <laughs> exactly. Um, often. <laughs> Here we go. There's going to be me trying to be incredibly careful. Um, let me use an example of my boyfriend. He uses absolutely nothing on his face. Uh, and yeah, his skin is just unbelievable. How do they do perfect. that? Someone tell me. Can it's you... so frustrating. What? Like what? not a blackhead in sight. Um, unbelievably soft, etc. And then you've got me who's like, you know, using this scrub and has a, you know, a routine that I take pride in. Yeah. Um, so depending on what you do put on your skin, depending on your environment, you know, like I said, whether you cycle to work or if you're in a car, whether you love aircon on your face all the time or um, the kind of climate that you live in that will impact the products that you're having to use and the way in which you change those products. If you do wear a lot of makeup a lot of time, you're probably going to want a more um, hydration-focused routine. Um, But I don't think that it is the case that products kind of stop working. Um, You might find that your skin's needs change and therefore you might introduce something more or something less. Um, but you shouldn't find that a product loses its effectiveness. Yeah. What I would say though, is that skin does have the ability to self-regulate. It's exact. I can go back to hair again, yeah. right? So if, yeah. if I've never tested it, I'm tempted to, but if you stop washing your hair, it will self-clean. Yeah. Um, your skin kind of has that same ability. Yeah. Do you think, um, it's interesting you say that about guys, cause I've thought many a time, like, How's their complexion? How are they so doing annoying. this? And I bet we ask them and they're like, oh yeah, just wash it with soap or yeah. shower gel. Shower gel. Shower oh gel. What is that? Um, but do you think, I used to mess around with my skin all the time mm. when I was like early teens, mm. probably even into early twenties. Do you think we've kind of, not damaged it, but do you think that barrier is kind of 
is damaged because we've messed about with it, squeezing spots and traying clearosil and, you know, stripping. To be products. honest, yes. I think yeah. it's highly likely for in most people's cases. Um, I, you know, I look back at some of the stuff I used to do with mine. <laughs> And, and also, like, our approach to sun protection has got so much better in recent years as well. I mean, sure. my mum, love her, but geez, she did not. <laughs> she just didn't put sunscreen on us at all. Um, and, like, even tanning beds and stuff like that were, like, yeah. very much more a thing. And yeah. Particularly, like, the early Towie days and stuff like that. Like, you wouldn't bat an eyelid at the fact that that was co- completely commonplace. Yeah. Um, so I think sure we will be undoing the impact of that and a lot of these trends that come and go um where you think oh wow this has just exploded this must be good and actually you know maybe it's not um you know extremely harsh strips that you peel off your face that sure they might pull out a blackhead but my god have you got any skin left kind of thing oh i used Um, to love i used to be obsessed with them yeah i mean we all were (laughs) and then you know the flip side of it is oh my god I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of that. And I think um, picking spots, tweezing spots, trying these incredibly strong, like, anti-acne treatments, which I used to have as a teenager. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah, I have no doubt. It's just like wearing, um, you know, eyelash, uh, strip, strip eyelashes yeah. or whatever, which you can see when you take them off. Your <laughs> eyelashes are attached. There's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be an impact of that, right? <laughs> so, um, yes, I do think those of us who have messed with our skin a little bit more over much longer time periods are going to have more work to kind of recover. Yeah. And just, uh, just kind of if anyone is listening and are having kind of trouble with their skin at the moment, I was the same. I used to have breakouts all the time mm-hmm. and I was like, I just can't get my skin right. Advice, keep it simple. Agreed. I literally cleanse, eye cream, uh, cleanse, hydrate, eye cream, moisturize, SPF. Yeah. I don't do anything more. Yeah. And my skin is in a way better condition than it ever has been. So yeah. Agreed. Stop messing. Completely with you. <laughs> and it also is, is much more difficult when you've got so many products involved to know which one is the one that's causing your issues if it is a product problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are so many factors at play. So if at least the products you're using on your skin are simplified, then it's easier to isolate what that might be. It could yeah. be an emotion based thing it could be hormones it could be product based there's so many things it could be um so yeah keeping at least the product section a bit more simple certainly helps i think yeah and then we need to be reactive as opposed Mm. to keep being proactive with our skin and keep testing and trying new things completely yeah give it time give it time it's not an overnight cool (laughs) Uh, thanks for that. That's really interesting. Um, okay. So final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty? I think this is such a good question and <laughs> can be answered as we've discussed in so many different ways. Yeah. I think for me, beauty comes in the form of true acceptance and comfort in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And that is something which is really difficult to achieve honestly, I think. Um, And the ways in which you achieve that can vary massively. For me, I am feeling my most beautiful and content and happy when I'm around people that I love, enjoying my life. And again, who knows what that looks like. But my journey, I think, to self-acceptance is one that's taken a long time. And you never really know what's going to be the thing that clicks it. You know, there's no fix to that. Um, it doesn't come through the makeup you wear on your face or, or yeah. the skincare you have. Don't get me wrong. Having that fantastic lipstick that, you know, you feel your best self with is is part of it. Um, but for me, beauty is, uh, yeah, that, that sense of calm, 
that you get from true self-acceptance I think yeah that's really lovely thank you so much my pleasure I, um, I completely agree makeup for me and skincare is an enhancer mm-hmm. not a not a kind of purpose so mm-hmm. yeah completely agree but thank you for that that was a great answer Good. Um, and thank you for your time it's been a really interesting insightful conversation I agree thank you so much again for having me cool thank hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thank you. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 